All right. Welcome back. If you're coming back. Um, so I don't know why I get so nervous. I sit here and I make these like funny faces and there's no one here to watch. Um, but I had so many requests and by so many, I mean like two, maybe three, um, people that said, why are you stopping your podcast? And I was like, oh, I'm on to the newest, latest adventure. I'm going to make an Instagram group. So that was my latest journey. I was going to create an Instagram um, account for sober lesbians that want to travel. And then I thought, ooh, or I could just make one for travel or sober travel. And so because I'm an overthinker, I overthought it so much. I didn't end up making it. So here I am back at my little um, podcast. Really, it's just my spoken diary. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I was thinking about it before I came in. And I was like, I should really write notes, you know, have an outline. People would probably appreciate that. But that's really not how I ride. And maybe it's, I really do think, like, there's people who say, oh, I'm a young soul, or I'm an old soul. I do think I'm a young soul, and so I'm just getting experiences and everything in life, and I'm just taking notes for my next time. Um, that's just me. Definitely using um a lot today. So remember, get some water. Every time you hear me say um, you got to take a swig of water, and you can thank me that you're going to be really hydrated after this. What we're going to talk about today this is actually, it's crazy because this is a huge piece of my identity, but it's a piece of my identity I think I've been most afraid to be public about, and really only those that are really close to me do I get into real details about. So it's funny, it's like, I will fly my gay flag, I will run down the hallway and scream and laugh that, you know, I am part of the LGBTQ plus community. You know, I don't like the word lesbian personally, but you know, I will definitely identify as that. I'll check out women here and there, whatever, in a, in a respectful way. But when it comes to sobriety, it's something that I am kind of reserved about. And I don't know that I want people to know until they've gotten to know me. And the reason why is there's shame there. There is definitely some shame because the few times I have told people just in a conversation or, um, you know, I'm an educator and I remember talking to a parent that was volunteering and just in passing, I made a comment about something I wanted to do, you know, to help people that are struggling with sobriety. The comment I received back was kind of condescending. Uh, another coworker early in my career made a comment you shouldn't go to any meetings in the community. You'll be judged. Um, so those kind of things made it that I was really afraid to be public about something that's so much of a piece of who I am and my identity, that if I was to make a diagram, it would get a huge portion of that. And I guess so the lessons I've learned from my journey with sobriety um, well, first I've learned not everybody's journey is the same. Some people, and I know, you know, people with these stories, some people hit a rock bottom. They truly, you know, woke up in prison. They woke up in a hospital missing limbs. You, you name it. Like, 
these stories and and they're sober today still you know some of them are their addictions have changed to you know obsessive with the gym or obsessive with different areas and you know we do kind of do that when we have an addictive personality we just find a way to channel it some outlets are healthier than others I know someone who they just never drink they've been part of a recovery program but they have vowed sobriety since they were you know a child and so it's interesting is those on the outside they tend to cast their opinions and their you know labels onto us I can't tell you how many times I've met people this is you know a decade into my sobriety and I hear Jules you don't have a drinking problem Julie you are not an alcoholic Julie you're not an addict and first of all you didn't know me when I was drinking and second of all you don't know, you know, the bloodline that I'm working with. I'm fortunate enough. I know, you know, my family, my lineage. I'm aware of the demons that are passed down from generation to generation. I'm aware of the devils at every corner. And so I think what's hard in this world is we glorify that Friday night drink. Right now in quarantine, we glorify getting your cup of coffee in the morning, but ending your day with that glass of wine. And that's okay for people that can do that and have one. But there's a saying, and the saying rings so true to me, and it's beyond alcohol, it's for everything, but it says, one is too many and a thousand is not enough. And that's me. If I was to go and drink today, I would not stop at one. There would be no point in my mind to just have one drink. Because A, how is that financially responsible? Why would I waste all that money to not get a buzz, not get drunk? And B, I have an addictive personality. Once I have that one, I want more. It's just like how I won't go to McDonald's anymore. Once I have that cheeseburger and that fries, I need to have it the next day. So I haven't had that you know, over like a decade because I'm addicted to that. And so I think that's something that's important to recognize is that the reason people become, you know, sober or start to seek treatment or go cold turkey, we have, there's a many reasons, okay? It's not getting a DUI. It's not, you know, losing your job because you drink too much. It could just be like a forecast, like, okay, my mom calls me my one aunt's name ever since I was a child, and I've a lot of things similar with this aunt. I saw her and I saw my future. And I said, you know, I love her, but I see what alcohol has done to her. I don't want to wake up at 40 feeling like that. So that was one of my wake up calls. Sorry, I live in a very uh, busy route to a hospital. So we might hear sirens here and there. The other reason I quit is I'm very interested in health and wellness. This was a roadblock. I was overweight. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I'm sure you've seen my pictures. I'm then and now. Um, I wasn't being the professional I should be. I wasn't being the role model I wanted to be. So I had a personal reason. It was very personal for me. I know I talk to people a lot too, again, on my social media about how much I value this one life. 
I have this one life. I want to do what I can with it, with the tools and resources I was given. I was wasting those. And I woke up and I realized that. Um, again, another thing, though, that I had, and looking back, it was a blessing and a curse. I was in a very codependent relationship. And my partner at the time actually had a little bit of a problem. Little is an understatement. And they went to Hazelden. So in this time, you know, we had just, we were still in the honeymoon stage, I would say. And now, you know, she's getting on a plane to Minnesota to go seek help for her problem. So here I am all alone. I think it's just 28 days we're going to be apart. And I continue to go out. I continue to, you know, drink. And I just had the one final night in March. It was the warm, first warm weekend. And the first warm weekend in Chicago is always wild here. And so I go, some of my friends from home, they came up. We go to go see the River Green, but first we stop, we start drinking. You know, one leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to many more. I'm getting my nose pierced. We never make it to the parade. We're out at another bar. I remember it vaguely. I did some things that I would never do sober. The next morning, I wake up at a friend's house. I don't know where any of my friends that drove, you know, the 45-minute drive up to see me are. I don't know where my car is. And I have to walk about two miles home. So those two miles, I had a lot to think about. And that was, that was it. That, for me, was my moment. And I said, this is not who I want to be. I was given this chance to live in Chicago. I have a place to live. I have a job. I'm on a path to, you know, finding a career that I can stay here. I'm not going to ruin it. That was my that was my call. So I think the important thing I'm trying to say here is no one's path is going to be exactly the same. And that's okay. The next part, though, is that it is hard to stay sober. This world glorifies drinking to the point that it's disgusting to me personally. Um, Cinco de Mayo. We've made that a holiday so we can drink. St. Patrick's Day. It's really just a reason to drink. Cubs games. Everybody's drunk. Being single. Where do you meet people? At a bar. Um, I can't tell you how many times when I was single being on a dating app, looking and someone's first picture is with a drink. Me posting how I'm sober. People, our first conversations. Hey, do you want to go to a bar? Did you read my write-up? Oh, silence. And so it is hard. It's hard to find someone who supports it, who understands, and is respectful. Now, I will never shame someone for drinking. If obviously I saw a friend, fortunately I haven't, who I thought had a drinking problem, I would offer my support, but I would not shame them because that's not who I am and it's not for me to cast judgment. Benefits of being sober. I probably lost, I would say I'm 20, 25 pounds. I'm not kidding. When I said, I think it slowed down the aging process. Um, I can wake up with a clear heart, a clear head. I'm still a little crazy, but at least I don't have to wonder what I did or said. There were times when I remember New Year's Eve and we had this local dive gay bar 
back where I grew up. And I mean, it was a hole in the wall. We would get so drunk. And I flipped tables over. I threw chicken bones in a girl's hair one night. Like I did so much stuff that was so dumb. And I'd wake up and I'm already an overthinker. So I would sit and stew in it. And so I think that led to a little bit of depression. So now I have a clear conscience. I wake up. I know, you know, what I did. I can live with it. I can unpack it. I can talk with my friends. I can find a way to find peace with it. Um, my overall health. You know, drinking's not good for your liver. I would like to think, other than the toxins in the city of Chicago water, I'm drinking, you know, water and take my vitamins. I try to eat pretty healthy. So it's helped me there. Um, just, yeah. So overall, I think I'm at the age and the stage in my life where it's almost like for my friends who are still coming out of the closet in terms of being gay, I'm still coming out sober. Because every time I do... I do get nervous if I make a post in my story or every year if I post, hey, another year, I'm at 14 years sober, I worry about the judgment. I will not post it on my Facebook because I know I have members of my work community who would see it. So it's interesting is my next step with this, I think, is how do I walk in my truth and let people know why I'm sober understand that it's not because you know I didn't go to jail I didn't you know go to the hospital and kill someone knock on wood to all these things but it's rather I made a conscious decision to better myself my soul my spirit my health everything and then how how do I give back because I don't go to meetings I'm not that person and I read I do mindfulness meditation here and there. I write about my sobriety. I definitely unpack it. I celebrate it. But I didn't have to do it. I I tried doing a support group at the beginning. And that was helpful. But it wasn't part of my journey. And that's okay. So I think for me now, my next steps are, what what is next? I know one thing I've always wanted to do is to create a outlet for young adults who are at that stage where you don't have, you know, a sports family or you're not in drama, you're not in the marching band, you don't have like a core little family because in a way we're all kind of outcasts even though we have like our biological family. We go through that stage where we don't fit in and I've always thought it would be cool to create a model kind of like Scott Strode at Phoenix Multisport has where you can vow your sobriety and I will help you with fitness. And that way then, you know, you can see the benefits like go rock climbing, the confidence building that, you know, takes part in that. Mindfulness, the ability to, you know, work with a group and work with, you know, we would get professionals in and how to slow down and just, you know, be in the moment. Uh train for marathons or triathlons work with the community to get money to give these kids bikes if they can't afford them or some of these kids they probably come from families that could sponsor other kids so I think that's something I've always wanted to do but I have to get over my fear first um okay so this was all totally off the cuff 
I didn't practice any of this. I didn't write anything down. There's probably more I wish I had said, but I'm going to wrap it up with that. Um, so these are the things I've learned. All right. I hope you are all enjoying your quarantine. My birthday's coming up. Woohoo! Gemini season. Watch out.